This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Dean is gone and Sam's got a dog. Casual encounters. That means no questions asked. What the heck is going on? This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. And Chris, we are back on track again after a couple of hell yeah, after a couple of kind of dismal weeks. We had a really good episode last week, and now uh, we're we're back again with a this this feels like a supernatural episode, Chris. It's, hell freaking yeah, dude! I don't know if you could tell if I sounded a little bit more chipper than usual when I said my name. It's because this episode <laughs> feels good, and so do I. It doesn't feel like a doesn't feel like a like a movie script that was the boys got inserted into, and it doesn't feel like a, right. a season one throwback episode, but it feels hella supernatural. Like we're dealing with some with some straight up meta plot stuff. Uh, there's some flashbacks, but I've, I feel like they actually add to the story at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Although there are some awkward transitions, so, so we're gonna we're gonna ding it for that. But boy, like I, I'm I'm kind of back on board with this episode. This made me feel like seriously so happy watching this again because I had good memories of season eight and it had been disappointing on this rewatch. And then finally getting to this last night and just like I was texting you throughout it like, okay, here we go. All right. Yep. This was sweet. This feels good. The tone felt right. The directing felt right. The writing felt right. Um, It was good to be back. It was good to get, get a nice reminder. So even if we get a couple more stinkers, at least I know we haven't lost it. We haven't lost Supernatural. It's still here and it can still do what we want it to do. Exactly right. Uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, uh, let's thank all of the wonderful patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week. You can donate a couple bucks over there and get access to all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we have a discord that's patron only that is always yeah. kicking on multiple different topics. Um, if you are rewatching Supernatural right now or re-listening to the podcast as a couple <laughs> people are doing, you know, that's a really great place to live tweet it, talk about it with other people. Uh, you get exclusive content. We have two exclusive podcasts. Uh, and as of recording, the uh, fifth episode of Don't Give Up Space Cowboy came out today. So if you were oh, yeah. in- into right. uh, Cowboy Bebop, the, the best anime ever, in Jeremy Greer's opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> out of the seven that I've seen, it's the best one. Um, or you were interested in the Witcher books, we have a, you know, Silver for Monsters is over there as well. So check it out, patreon.com slash monster of the week. Yes. And thank you to, I'm going to say Heather for... Uh, for pledging is our most recent Thanks, Heather. I have to say, I now check that Discord as frequently as I check any other social media. It's just become part of my rotation because it's it's updated frequently enough. People are in there talking frequently enough. I had never experienced Discord before. Uh, we did it for this podcast, so it's it's very exciting for me, and I and I hope everybody else has a good time in there. I counted the other day, and I'm a member of 27 Discord servers, Chris. Jeremy, please. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's the there's the monster of the week one. Uh, there's a uh, there's the don't give up skeleton one. So that you know, there's that. Um, yeah. And then there's just a bunch of other ones. Like you and I are both a member of Caitlin's server, friend of the show, or some say Cosm, uh, yes. who is shamefully yes. behind on Monster of the Week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I and I don't know. Like they're just. Uh, it seems like every person that I meet is like, oh yeah, I have my own Discord. Why don't you join? And I'm like, cool. And it's the same people I see in every other Discord. So it's very strange. But here we all now we get to talk we, about soul here reaver are. here as opposed to yeah, dark yeah. souls over there so it's a very specific call out and subtweet to one person yeah, that probably okay. will not re- re- listen to this episode <laughs> so today uh episode 90 we're covering uh season eight oh, episode man. seven of called a little slice of kevin 
It was written by, I have to assume that this is a typo, Chris, but I left this in because this is so funny. It was written by Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner. That has to be Eugene, I think right? That's, I think it's Eugenie. I feel like I've heard that oh, really? before. I, don't, I, I, I have to have commented on this before. Like, Eugenie is a weird is a weird bastardization of, of Eugene. Like, I'm not going to make fun of that dude's name or anything, but Eugenie is just, about that poor guy in high school probably went by Ross. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it was uh, directed by Charlie Carner. It aired on the day after my birthday. November 14th, 2012. Castiel. Your first birthday. My very first birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely hadn't been married for eight years or anything like that. Uh, Castiel escapes purgatory. Sam and Dean are stunned when Castiel suddenly appears back on Earth with no memory of how he escaped from purgatory. Meanwhile, Mrs. Tran enlists a witch to concoct a demon bomb. God, where what are we doing? Did we really what say this episode was good? <laughs> yeah, it's got, uh, but it's the witch double crosses Mrs. Tran and turns her and Kevin over to Crowley. Why do they keep calling her Mrs. Tran and not just Linda? Like her name is Linda, and they don't ever do this with anybody. Like they never say like Mister Crowley or anything. I think that there's something about her that sort of demands the respect to be called sure. by Mrs. Yeah. Like she's a teacher, or the the boys maybe they just have an innate fear of her, uh, a well earned fear, I think. Uh, she kicks ass in this episode. She's awesome. She's she's really great. She's a lot of fun. Uh, so we're going to start the episode. We get our like previously on thing. Our Should Vince I hit you with the, with oh, the road so yeah, far? I'm sorry. I, we were doing this all out of order. I, for, I got so wrapped up in the Patreon stuff that I just... Please let me know what's happening in season eight. It's too wrapped <laughs> up in pants. All right. Last time with Supernatural, the boys teamed up with hunting aficionado slash Texas Sheriff Garth yep. to defeat the Confederacy. <laughs> I mean, true. Uh, <laughs> Garth has taken it upon himself to fill the big old curmudgeonly shoes that Bobby left behind, uh, taking on the role of help desk for the other hunters. Meanwhile, Dean is surly about it. Sam is pissed at Dean for being pissed at Sam, uh, and they still can't find Kevin Crowley or the tablet. Yes. And fucking Brick Brick Holmes is still dead. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Well-respected and loved super sports athlete uh, Brick Holmes is, is still dead. Um... So, we're doing this a little out of order this week. I apologize, everybody. I jumped the gun. Uh, but uh, the, our then thing on the episode, our previously on, uh, covers all of this Kevin bullshit. Uh, and then we get transported to... Chris, I love mm-hmm. this cold open. I think it's really good. It's really interesting. Uh, it's it's set in a place that we don't get very often in Supernatural, which is kind of like this like seaside kind of area. Yeah. Um. This has got to be the most inappropriately named preschool that you've ever seen, right? Randy Raccoon Preschool. Randy Raccoon. I mean, why that horny Hanks preschool? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know what? I mean, like, come up with a more inappropriate name. Deeply inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, but hey, that's Deep what they Diana's preschool. Bring your yeah. kids over here, everybody. Deep throating ducks. <laughs> throating ducks oh god engorged elephants is this, is yeah. just, oh, yeah. ooh, very good very good but so randy randy raccoon preschool is is really just basically like smamford preschool yes um because as we see quickly we see children playing on a playground and one of them is led away um by a teacher who turns to the camera and shows us boom demon eyes yep. and that i assume this is one of uh sam's college professors but um she so she goes into like a little the kid has to go to the bathroom it seems like it's an innocuous enough thing until you really think about it um but there's suddenly a storm like wind picks up and there's basically like a mini tornado um and then when the doors open up 
the kid and the teacher are gone. Yeah, I like the uh, the effect here too because while everything is in chaos on the on the outside, it, the camera will flip back to the this like standalone. It's it's not quite a porta potty like it's like a structure, but it's it's mm-hmm. very much like this is just a bathroom in here, uh, and like you could see something glowing on the inside around the door frame. It's a really cool effect. I really like that. I I gotta say they did some pretty cool effects throughout this entire episode. Um, yeah, there, little there's... little things that that just worked for me. The, the whole storm thing should be way cheesier than it actually is. But, like, they really yeah. gave me that good feeling of uh, being inside a hurricane, right? Like, of stuff getting blown over, like, everything going crazy, people running for their lives. It's 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 really good. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we cut to the Impala, which I, I – when I watched this, I just kind of assumed it was a, a dream. Uh, it's not. This is reality. But uh, because we cut to the Impala cruising down the road, Dean's eating snacks, Sam's not there. Uh, he's listening to rock and roll on the radio. So it's is just a like perfect dream. <laughs> what is this? Perfect dream, Dean. I don't know what it is. Um, we gotta then, get out of this place. It's, it's a weird pick for Dean yeah. for some reason. I don't know. And I, I like I understand what they're doing, right? We gotta get out of this place. Is obviously right. kind of a metaphor for him thinking about like you know being in perg, but yeah. being in the perg, right? Um, but then he sees Castiel on the side of the road. It's just this haggard man walking down the road, very dirty, wearing a trench coat, um, which definitely catches dean's high um, he's, got a type. He, he, he's got a type <laughs> yeah here i was like pretty sure that everything that was happening was going to, to be a dream still like dean backs up he gets out of the car castiel's gone he's not on the side of the road instead we see a sign for twin pine resort you know i took a note of that because i assumed it would matter and that that would be a place that they would investigate in this episode however th- they do not they do not investigate this place. Chris, they show this sign like five or ten seconds worth of, of this sign. Like they show mm-hmm. it for a while to the point where I was like, I, I should probably – I almost th- – because I didn't make a note of it. And then they showed it a second time and I was like, oh, I should probably write this down. And I'm glad I didn't because I didn't remember the name and it's not important at all. So thanks. doesn't matter. Was there just, I think it's think just like, like – Somebody had a hookup on the production staff and was like, this yeah, is free know. advertising? What is this? They, they have a, like a statue of a bear next to the sign so i think it's supposed to just be like this is what dean saw even though it's nothing like what we just showed you because we just showed you misha collins in a trench coat but maybe it was just this bear i wonder if they're trying to uh because i don't think because dean came through in maine when he came back from purgatory he came through in maine and he was like in the woods at a campsite right Mm -hmm. Uh, i wonder if they were trying to like create a connection in our minds between like this area and that area Maybe. But I mean, like, um, they could have just done that by having him come out on a campsite <laughs> not yeah. on the side of this road in Illinois. I think I, I definitely took it for granted that this wouldn't mean anything. Because, you know, I took the note and then I move on. I'm watching the episode. And now coming back to it to, to record this, I'm like, oh, wait, this doesn't come back at all. At least I don't think it does. Unless they, that's like where the boys stay. I don't think it is, though. I don't think it is either. Um, uh, we jump over to Dean goes home. And our and home yeah. so far is, uh, I think we've learned in the past that this was, um, oh, shit. Uh, what's his name? Like Rufus's old Rufus's cabin Rufus's old something? cabin, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're, they're camped out there. Sam has found a case. Yeah. Uh, and it's <laughs> Dean walks in and Sam says, well, well, I was going to say you look like you'd seen a ghost, but you'd probably be stoked. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a cool, it, whatever. Yeah, all right. They wrote Sam to be like kind of funny in this episode. Hashtag just um, hunter things. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag just hunter things. Um, Sam, yeah, like you say, he's on, he's on the case of the, the missing kid. Um, he's doing he's doing Sam lore. He's doing a Sam breakdown right now where he explains a pattern of disappearances, weird natural event, events. Uh, Dean suggests, hey, is it demons? Because... I don't know if you remember that like demons used to cause like things like this to happen. Um, 
But yeah, they take the case. You mean they just weren't all like Armani models? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's what it seems like. All these, <laughs> all of the demons in this episode just look like like extremely cut dudes. <laughs> that's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Just doing their best, giving their best blue steel to, to the camera. <laughs> um, yeah, I like. So there's a pattern. There's there's a bunch of these people uh, like disappearing, and they're all associated with some kind of crazy storm. We then cut yeah. over to Crowley, who we haven't actually seen in a little while. Yeah. Crowley is torturing Samandriel. Listeners, if you don't remember Samandriel, he was an angel that approached Dean and the uh, auction for the demon tablet way back in episode two mm-hmm. or three of season eight. Uh, he was also wearing, he was in Bugs. Also, he was the <laughs> dude in Bugs. Don't an episode, forget an episode that I keep th- saying I like, but then realizing that that's not the episode <laughs> Bugs. <laughs> it's happened several times now. <laughs> don't actually know what the episode Bugs is about. Uh, so he's torturing Samandriel, and uh, Samandriel says, I've given you all the names already. Uh, I, I can't mm-hmm. give you any more because the next generation hasn't been born yet. And uh, this Ooh. is this is pretty gruesome and pretty, pretty not graphic, but like there's a lot of blood everywhere. And yeah. Crowley is just relishing sticking this angel blade and all up on uh, Samandriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, we see the finger paint kid, the kid from, from uh, Samford pre- preschool who was kidnapped at the beginning. Um, and, uh, uh, <laughs> when, uh, yeah. before Spanger was like, I can't give you anything else. And, and Carly's like, well, I guess I'll stop torching you again. And then stabs him one more time. He's like, I'm sorry. Sometimes it's hard to stop once you get going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is, I think what you would call deliciously evil. Um, but yeah, we see, we see the crew of all these people who have disappeared. This is the case that Sam was just researching and just telling us about. Um, but we don't really know why. They're not in, in cages or anything. They're just sitting around a table. Yeah. Um, and then we finally see Kevin. It's been many episodes since we've seen Kevin. Uh, and his introduction back to us is him opening a door and his mom just absolutely dunking his ass in holy water. God, Mrs. Tran is so great. She's Linda yeah. is so fucking awesome. This is like Slime Time Live with Kevin. Like, just absolutely <laughs> just dunked <laughs> on this kid. <laughs> uh they seem to be in um what supernatural set considers this to be a diner like i feel like we've seen this diner decorated and like almost as many times as we have their apartment that they go to with that like oh yeah cutaway kind of room divider thing um but uh kevin is kind of complaining like hey we got to hide out you can't do the kid and and linda's like no 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 no. i hired a witch she's going to get all this material we need to make these demon bombs she hires a witch off a craigslist which is a which is so fantastic um yes and it's a good thing that they have wi-fi in this abandoned diner because yeah where there's uh, no power (laughs) checks in with the witch her name is delta um and they check in via skype to to have a little combo is this the the part where uh, they say something about like casual encounters or something like that yeah so uh so linda says like hey have you gotten everything and she's like yeah i really wish you would tell me you know the exact recipe for this and she's like no 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 and linda says you, you know the rules that this is a casual convert casual encounter no questions asked and, and kevin's on the back like oh mom that's not what that is that's not <laughs> mom, what that's that a is. different section of craigslist <laughs> also kevin hardcore crushing on Deta on delta yeah, uh, just, yeah. just sees, sees a f- an, an, another female and is like, "Oh wow, I'm in love." <laughs> wow, you're not my mom. It's amazing how that works out, huh? So after that, Sam and Dean show up at this uh, teacher's house, and I, I just want to call attention to it once because, uh, I, for most part, for most of part of these episodes, I only really pay attention to licensed music. Uh, but as someone who has spent a lot of the time listening to the original soundtrack for Supernatural Five for this podcast, or Supernatural <laughs> seasons one through five, uh, the the original soundtrack has gotten more and, and more. Um, 
upbeat, if you will. Like they've they, they've yeah. got this, they've got the standard instruments that they use, but to, on this episode, on this scene specifically, they got a little like wicka wicka wicka, like some DJ scratches in there. They like to have a little bit of fun. They like to have fun with it. <laughs> but their interview with the teacher that uh, and she doesn't remember anything. The teacher from the cold open. She all she remembers is uh, seeing this kid and then just blacking out and then waking up after the storm, not remembering anything. Uh, and this is one of the best. Mm-hmm. Sam Winchester moves that I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Chris. This might be my favorite Sam Winchester move. There's that part in like season two where he he elbows down a brick wall. I used to think that was cool. Yep, that's good. Um, that's a good when Sam he Winchester cuts off moment. Gordon's head with barbed wire, yep. and you're like, oh shit, that's crazy, Sam. Can't forget and stretching then, out on top of the Impala, though. I mean, like that's that's, then, that's, that's, that's at least top five. In front of a bar, <laughs> in front of a biker bar at midnight, and he's stretched out on the hood of the Impala with no shoes on, reading the newspaper. But this is the Sam Winchester move to end all Sam Winchester moves. Uh, while they're interviewing this woman on her front doorstep, Sam pretends as if he's taking a call and just starts fucking whispering the exorcism spell into his phone, just like, <laughs> and she's like, um, excuse me, what are you saying? This and brings- is like, uh, it's just code. It's just a code, don't worry safety. about it. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, this brings up a lot of questions. Like, does an exorcism work on, like, a, if a demon was inhabiting a deaf person? Like, do they actually need to hear it? You know what I'm I saying? Don't know. Like, yeah, oh, maybe the spell just has the power. Who knows? I just, Who knows? Because, like, they blew my mind that you could say it backwards and keep a demon in. Like, that's that's already a little ridiculous for me. So now the fact that I it's just like... About a, that. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's basically like a, a ranged AoE attack, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he's just... He's casting it from 10 feet away. And, like, just, the DM I is just, like, I'll accept it. I love... I love the silliness of this. I love that they they talked about this in the car. You know they fucking did. Like they they'd been thinking about using it for like a little while now. Dean was like, "Oh yeah, so here's this idea I got," and they're like, "Perfect, we can just test it out right away." But they haven't run into any demons since. So he just fucking takes half a step away and starts whispering into his phone. The lady is like, "Uh, what?" We said it before. Two guys that have nothing else to do besides uh, be sad about their past and talk to one another and kill demons and and hunt monsters. Mm -hmm. You think they'd have come up with more clever stuff like this? Like so far? Yeah. Like the they they I think didn't Kevin invent the the water gun full of holy water? (laughs) I think he did. Yeah. I mean, like that should be like day one. Oh, they're afraid of holy water. What's a good method? of getting water to somebody <laughs> oh, okay like yeah. they figured out how to shoot ghosts but they couldn't figure out a method to shoot demons with holy water and like they put rock salt in shotgun shells did we, <laughs> but they couldn't think of squirt guns didn't we have a question about who came up with the rock salt thing like was it didn't we think it was john winchester at first but then bobby said something yeah. like it might have been bobby or something yeah i yeah. think it was like it was acting like john winchester took credit for it but it hunters, actually him. hunters are fucking idiots chris that's all i know absolutely um, idiots so they go back to the hotel uh sam is sleeping dean is up doing research research in the case when he looks up through the window and sees kaz uh just standing there in the rain looking in yeah there's like a flash of lightning and then we see Cass out there yeah um and then i this is this is where the episode really started to work for me because sam wakes up and he sees dean and he's like hey What's going on, Dean? And Dean says that he saw Cass. And I expected Dean to be very much like, nothing, Sammy, go back to bed, or something like that. But no, he says he, he saw Cass. He keeps seeing him. Uh, and then they have a, like a serious heart-to-heart, which I feel like I, I wanted to see this very shortly after them coming out of, or him coming out of purgatory. Just to have this moment with Sam where he's not pissed at him, where he just says, God damn it, this has been a shitty year, my dude. Um, and then 
I don't know. But here we have him say, I tried so damn hard to get us the hell out of there. I could have pulled him out. I just don't understand why he didn't try harder. Sam says, Dean, you did everything you could. And uh, Dean says, yeah, that, well, then why do I feel like crap? Sam says, it's survivor's guilt. If, if you let it, this is going to keep messing with you. You've got to walk past it. Uh, and then Sam claps him on the shoulder and, and then walks away, like, let's go use the bathroom or something like that. Now, here, I'm not trying to say that what Sam said is, like, the right thing or anything like that. But it was just, like, Dean opening up just a little bit. Sam just saying something to comfort him, to be like, hey, man, don't beat yourself up over this. And and then that was it. it they were just being honest with each other. They were having a, a small heart-to-heart moment that you would think maybe two brothers might have, where they're not going to have this in-depth, um, soul-searching conversation right now. It's the middle of the night. Sam just woke up. But, like, he says something nice, and Dean is sort of mollified a little bit. Um, and, and then that, that's it. The key for me here is that they didn't yell at each other once. Right. Uh, Dean is still bottling things up. Dean's still being Dean, but it's like the writing here works. It feels true to him. Well, and Dean actually said what was happening for once. Like he's still bottling yeah. emotions up, but he actually said what was happening, which yeah. gives Sam just enough of an idea of what's going on in, in Dean's head that he can actually m- m- take an appropriate response or say something appropriate, which it, in this isn't case that is how it's supposed to be. Walk, <laughs> walk past it, which I think is over. Like you got to get past this. Like you have to, you have to figure out how to carry this weight or set it down. Like you have to do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this Dean has never been about keeping secrets. He's been about bottling emotion. Yeah. And that's where his problem stems from. And it feels like somewhere along the way we lost, that and it was just dean keeping things to himself and not sharing but it was never facts and stuff like that that he would keep from other people it was the way that he felt about things 100 percent agreed like the it's it's one of those things where it, if he just told sam really he doesn't need to tell sam that he feels sad about leaving kaz behind if he just told sam i had to leave kaz behind sam would know that because he knows dean and that's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff that i feel like that makes this episode in particular like a good episode because it's like the writers remember that these two have a relationship and like right. have, have known each other for how i mean they're like 57 years 58 something like that yeah. <laughs> years old yeah yeah uh, so yeah, and especially with the way that they ended the last episode, where Sam telling Dean like I'm gonna kill Benny if I see it, like you know it was very it was a very serious like angry conversation, and it just seems like they put that aside for now. And I don't know if there was a break between episodes or when this came out or whatever, but like this hmm. just feels like such a strong tonal shift right back in the direction that I that I wanted it to be. And there can still be drama, emotional drama between the two, but it doesn't have to be that kind of secret keeping strife that they seem to reach for a lot of the times. Exactly right. And this leads into uh, our first flashback of the episode, which I think actually works really well. Like Dean saying that he feels guilty about all of this stuff and then actually going back and seeing that, you know, these three dudes, Dean, Benny and Castiel, were all like they're they're all trying to get to wherever this tear is or this this exit but they can't find it and castiel is still trying to say like hey i don't this is probably not even going to work for angels like it's a human thing like you're probably not going to work at all um but then there's this moment where he pulls dean aside cast does and says hey i just wanted to you know thank you for everything that you're trying to do here like you're doing the right thing and i really want to thank you and i think dean brushes this off as like hey don't you know don't don't give me your you know the world is ending tomorrow speech i don't need that let's just get out of here but the fact that he feels guilty in the scene before this going right to this works for me really really well yeah this the flashbacks feel and i think you said this to me like it's providing context for not just like, hey, here's a here's a backstory, here's events, here's plot. It's providing a little bit of emotional context um, for for what Dean is is experiencing. Um, 
and this yeah this just works really well um so we I love flashback that. to Crowley now. Yeah, we go over to Crowley, and um, all of the people he's kidnapped, or at least a couple, are trying to think. Because we didn't really describe this. It's a kind of a weird setup for Supernatural. They've got this like octagon table that's lit from below. Um, yeah, it, this is almost like it feels like it's it's out of completely out of place here. But uh, it's it's very much like a like a mission command. Like I expect mm-hmm. to see dudes in uniform making decisions about nuclear missiles around this thing. Not not a bunch right. of like kidnapped retirees essentially, and and, and random people uh but one of them asked crowley if he's an alien and if he's kidnapped them and teleported them to their mothership and crowley just has no idea he's just what are you even talking look just stop talking can any of you recognize this the the text on this demon tablet because for the most part crowley like i I feel like he's he hasn't been torturing them or he hasn't been doing anything scary to them in any way shape or form yet other than keeping them here because he wants them to to work for him he he wants we don't really know exactly what yet, but we he wants them to do something for him. Um, and it's only when they start to really kind of try his patience that Crowley starts to uh, show his true colors. Yeah, one of the dudes demands a phone call, <laughs> which I think is really funny. Yeah. He just straight up is like, I get my one phone call. And, you know, Crowley does a lot of snapping in this episode. Uh, I, I guess it's become Crowley's kind of thing that he snaps and things happen. I, maybe that's been the case since I the beginning. That- I just hadn't noticed it, but... Um, it's, when this guy is is talking about how he, he he needs his rights, Crowley gives one very exasperated, just like a sir. Please <laughs> like, stop. Talking. Please stop. Like please it's stop. not even like like sir. Please, <laughs> not it's not even threatening. But then he ends up having to kill him anyway. It's um. I, I, I like this a lot. Um, and then he shows them the demon tablet, and nobody can read it. Um, so this woman steps up, uh, and she's and she goes up, and she like pretends to read the tablet and starts you know starts reading some like the constitution or something it's dead and then he reaches over and like flips it right side up for her she's like yeah. oh so obviously like trying to protect herself but um yeah none of these people can can really do anything with it yet we don't know why um but yeah clearly he thought that they would be able to read the tablet uh and then we cut to the dude who can read the tablet kevin and the witch uh delta has just shown up at uh the place that they're chilling out at um she was instructed to bring the ingredients to this location, which bad call Mrs. Tran inviting this lady over. Um, yeah, uh, I have a lot of issues with some of this stuff. I mean, they do they do dunk her full of water, so that's always fun to, to watch. Um, but why did you not? Why did you meet her at your secret location? Why did you not go to somewhere any like a McDonald's to make this deal? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just literally like a, anywhere but the place that, that you're then your hideout that you're hiding from. Really, an unnecessary risk, but uh, she took it. Kevin's horny as fuck. Um, yeah, Kevin, Kevin doing the full like top to bottom stare and you know, on this chick to the point where yeah. his mom has to comment on it. Come, Kevin, yeah. come on, you gotta Kevin learn how to stare at women and not be so goddamn obvious about it. Um, but yeah, she was supposed to bring all of these ingredients for a demon bomb, uh, for which Kevin got the recipe from from, from the tablet. Um, but she's supposed to bring all these ingredients, and she's only brought enough for one such bomb yes um which is not not what they planned and she and she's basically changing the deal on on linda saying like, yeah. hey okay. i'm going to uh i will i'll bring you the full amount once i get fully paid uh and she goes off to the restroom while uh they <laughs> and then i think she comes out and they like kind of go back and forth this is not the deal and you know you should know better like uh, hookers get paid after the services rendered and she's like my, my, my sister is a prostitute and i'm like god this is a lot of information about it's like a whole lot, lot of, of information 
Um, Meanwhile, Kevin goes in the back and notices that the salt lines and the demon, the demon proofing symbols that they uh, had put up have been destroyed. And immediately right after Crowley shows up, because mm-hmm. uh, imagine that a witch sold them out to the king of hell. Oh no! <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe thought? I am so surprised. Um, <laughs> then it's back to Sam doing more research. He finds out this phenomenon is happening worldwide. It's not just in their area. Somebody named Luigi was taken from Italy. Sure. And Dean is like, why don't we go into Rome? <laughs> that doesn't seem... I'm just, I mean, like, how many people do you think are named Luigi in, in Rome My right old now? college roommate was named Luigi. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. We, did, we didn't talk a lot. I, I just thought that Nintendo would have ruined that for everybody. <laughs> um, so Dean, uh, he's in the bathroom where he sees Castiel over his shoulder in the mirror, not for the first time. Um... But I was expecting this to to be a vision, and, and I think you had said to me it was kind of anticlimactic. And it almost is the way that he's just like, Dean looks up, sees Castiel behind him, turns, and Castiel is there, standing inches from him, with a full beard. Full beard and uh, very shabby clothes and looking looking kind of dirty and run down. Kind of like he just got out of the perg. <laughs> kind, kind of looking a little bit like that, yeah. Um, it's funny that, that both Cass and Benny had, had full beards, but Dean, like... Maybe the sh- like an extra shadow on his chin. Why couldn't they let Jensen Ackles grow a beard? I know he can in real life. Why not give him a perg beard? Dude, you can grow a massive beard. They really should have let him. Uh, maybe maybe if they they filmed all like the flashback stuff out of order, so like he couldn't have. I don't couldn't know, switch back know. and forth, and like a yeah. like a, a cheesy beard is is worse than yeah. a, no beard at all. Um. So I, I want to talk about this because it's this does feel very anticlimactic because they show him sh- show up in the bathroom. I'm in your bathroom. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gaz. I'm in your bathroom now. Uh, and then like they cuts to a commercial, like this was some great big reveal and it is. And then the next, the next scene after we come back from the, from the break is Castiel just sitting down at a chair and Sam like, man, I can't believe it. How are you back? I'm just, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm shocked. Just, and there's no, it feels like such a huge moment, and we're going to get a really huge Kaz moment towards the end of this episode that I'm really all into, but this feels extremely anticlimactic for being just like a big deal for having what's essentially the third character of the show come back. Yeah. I, I, this just feels like, okay, he's back now, which is fine. Like, I don't need it to be a big deal. It just feels weird, and I thought they would lean into it more. Like, I thought this was going to have an outcome of some, of some kind later. And maybe it comes down to the fact that he's he's back but he's saying like he doesn't know how he's back mm-hmm. um so i don't know like th- this kind of this doesn't feel right to dean like he doesn't really understand and maybe that's why this moment doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like a big climactic return because it's kind of not it's sort of like he's limping back into their lives suddenly out of nowhere yeah and um dean obviously is extremely suspicious and asked you know how did you get out of this uh how did you get out of the perg and castiel says i I just i really don't remember i remember running from the leviathans and then the next thing i know i was running on the street in illinois he has no memory of of how he got there um and then he realizes that he's dirty and says he's going to go take a shower uh meanwhile dean kind of confesses to sam like ah I remember every goddamn minute I was in purgatory. I remember the yeah. heat, the stink, the pain, the fear. Uh, it's all kind of branded on my conscience. And the fact that he doesn't remember is, is very suspicious to me. Um, and throughout all this, I mean, Dean is very emotional. You can see it on his face. Oh, yeah. But again, he's still saying, like, there is a part of him, you can tell, is so overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly relieved to see Castiel. At the same time, there's the doubt about how Castiel is there. And then I think the guilt playing out before him, like... 
I couldn't save this dude. He's back. But like, I, I still couldn't save him. And uh, we do get another flashback here, uh, again, going back mm-hmm. to the per- time of Purgatory. This time, they have gotten close to the um, the exit, this this tear, which is what I'm going to use to refer to it, but in the in between worlds. Uh, they, they are struggling to find it, and then they see a leaf float up in front of them, and then float away towards it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this, is explained, oh. <laughs> this is explained when Castiel says, oh, it's reacting to you since you're a human. Uh, so... <laughs> fucking D- D- Dean Winchester doing some warrior wizard shit is like okay Benny are you ready like I'm gonna cut my hand you cut your hand and then I'm gonna say a spell and your whole body is going to go into my arm yeah <laughs> that's so great and like how they don't it's just like a like four word spell they're just like um yeah get in my arm please and then Benny's like alright then he gets in his arm <laughs> It just works. And the special effects here are really good, too. Like, I, this could look a lot cheesier than it does. I actually think it looks re- reasonably good. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look too bad. So they, um... They, I think they sort of head towards the... The tear. Uh, and, the then gate, the, and the, the and tear. then Leviathan show up. And that's where they, we go back to the present. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then Dean tells... This is, yeah, this is where Dean's sort of uh, saying he, he remembers all of... Yeah, yeah. Um, I got, Purgatory I got remembers okay. leaving it, and he doesn't believe for one second that Cass doesn't remember, um, and he doesn't know who or what got Castiel out. Um, then Castiel returns to the room, and he's all cleaned up, and he looks like old Cass again. His trench coat is clean, his face is clean, it's looking good. Um, and then it's back to back to Kevin, where Crowley shows up. Um, Crowley snaps his fingers, and he just sends Delta the witch away. Uh, and then, like, two seconds later, Kevin is whisked away as well, and a demon, a demon is left with Mrs. Tran um, to kill her ass, but she's... Uh, it doesn't always make the best decisions, clearly, but she's got that squirt gun, and she sprays the shit out of that demon with holy water. <laughs> I um, Did you notice, like, a tick up in the vocabulary of this episode in general? Um, it does feel like it was kind of there's there's a, yeah there's a couple of times where I, I felt like uh, th- th- people were using words I just had not heard in Supernatural. For instance, when uh, Kevin asked the witch, like, "How could you do this? How could you betray us?" She just kind of like it shrugs her shoulders, and like, "Yeah, I'm mercurial," and absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. then there, there's um there's a, a thing later. I think that the Kevin reads the word compendium, and Crowley is like a compendium, and Kevin starts <laughs> yeah. explaining it. And, but yeah, it's just it's just full of words that people don't normally use, which I'm down with. I think anytime you're educate, you're you know elevating your uh, vocabulary, it's a good thing. So it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, so let's see. So um, so we go back to our apartment. Castiel is watching oh, yeah. TV, uh, and Sam and Dean are discussing the case, and he's saying that he the, found more that there is disappearances just, have have stopped. Like he found them, but like the the trail runs cold. Like there yeah. are no more disappearances taking place because uh, as Cass is about to reveal, he he names off all of the names of prophets, and there's no more being taken because Crowley already has all of the prophets. Their names are ingrained into the minds of angels. Instinctively, um, which is really Instinctively, interesting. yeah. But only one can exist at a time. So that means uh, they never really knew the fate of Chuck. Um, so that means that, obviously, he, he's not around anymore. He's either dead or, or he's somewhere else because Kevin is now the prophet. Um, and therefore, all these other prophets are basically just going to be held on the back burner for Crowley if Kevin will not cooperate. 
I really like the um, like when Sam starts reading the names down and Castiel from the other side of the room just starts saying them along with him, like in order. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really good stuff there. Like that's that's really powerful. Like good thing that Castiel showed up when he did, or else these boys yeah. would be <laughs> having a really <laughs> <laughs> they were really up shit creek. Uh, um, in the middle of all of this, Linda calls Sam and kind of fills him in, and. Uh, while that's happening, we switch back over to Crowley, who is uh, putting a lot of pressure on Kevin to read this tablet. He's basically saying, like, I, I want you. All of these other people are idiots, uh, but I have a backup plan. So if you don't read them, I'll just kill you. And uh, Kevin kind of resists this at first. And then kind of coldly, which I know he's the king of hell, but like he just Crowley just like levitates that poor woman who, who tried to read it earlier and then just like snaps his finger and explodes her. So her blood just splashes yeah. all over everybody and everywhere. Super gross. I gotta say, I thought the effect of him like lifting her up was very cool. It's yeah. very simple. They just mm-hmm. do some some wire stuff, but like I was trying to think of the last time that we saw something like that. We haven't seen. We have normally when we see this stuff, it's uh, it's it's like horizontal activity, right? Like it's it's yeah. it's Crowley picking the boys up and slinging them across the room, which will happen later with Dean. Like we don't, we hardly ever get like a a full like I'm going to levitate you in the air and explode you kind of thing. Like this is a real good example of how good uh, Crowley's powers can be. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was a cool move. Uh, I was just, I was just surprised. There's some actually really good action that they show coming up pretty soon too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's let's see. Back to uh, Sam and Dean, who were uh, yeah. in the car with Castiel and waiting for Linda to show up for their meet. Uh, when Dean starts having this memory, uh, uh, we we see some some good fight scenes between Dean and Castiel and these Leviathans. Uh, Castiel kind of gets into a situation. Dean saves them, and then they kind of team up against the last Leviathan. Uh, they run over to the portal to this terror, uh, and Dean looks back and grabs Castiel's arm and tries to pull him through. There's a moment, I think this is my, like, my least favorite thing about the special effects in this episode. Um, I'm sure because of the way this is filmed, like they had something, they had like, you know, a gate or something, or it's like a, mm-hmm. like a, a blockage. So like this, the weird step over Dean does as he quote unquote gets in the portal looks real yeah. fake and real dumb. <laughs> very strange. Uh, very strange. The portal itself looks fine. I think it looks really good yeah. for a CGI on the CW in 2020. 12. I'm not going to complain there. But he reaches back, he grabs Castiel, and eventually Castiel slips through his fingers, and he's in the real world, and Castiel is, is behind. Yeah. The uh, the fight scene that they have here, mm-hmm. I thought, is one of the best fight scenes we've seen in a while. It um, It's just, it's filmed well. They slow it down a little bit, but or something like that. It just, it looks really good <laughs> in a way that uh, I was surprised at. A lot of it's just like, a lot of stage punches usually, and this just felt a little bit realer. Uh, maybe it's because they slowed it down just a little bit. Um, and there's this sort of like double lover move where uh dean and <laughs> uh, the destiel dean, dupe <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the destiel dupe that's right uh, i love Crowley's double lover dist- though that's really good <laughs> Cass distracts the leviathan uh, and dean runs up behind it and cuts its head off and it, it, it all looks really cool and you know action is just sort of a part of like the movement of the show sometimes and this just seems like it had a little bit more care involved in it and it, and it, it was cool I um there's there's a scene here where and I don't remember if it's in this flashback or the or the one previous to this where Cassiel and Dean are running kind of along this cliffside um mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is but it just it's just so goofy looking the way that they're running and kind of chase I don't know if it's them I don't know if it's, it's hard to imagine these dudes running around like that like we yeah. don't see them in these kind of situations it's just it's one of those things of like oh I've never seen you actually move like that before this is not yeah. how I I originally would have would have thought that you looked <laughs> <laughs> yeah um. But that's all like that's all very minor potatoes in the grand scheme of things. Like overall, this is a this is a pretty dope episode. Um, 
in the present, Dean comes back to himself and uh, asks Castiel, like, hey, can you step outside of me? Step outside of me. <laughs> step outside of the car so that you and I can talk. And um, Dean basically demands to know what happened and tells him, like, hey, I remember every single thing. I tried to get you out and it didn't work. And I didn't, you know, I did not leave you behind. And, and Castiel is saying, is kind of shocked by this and says, like, what, you think that this is all your fault somehow? Like, what are you talking about? Like, do you, this doesn't, I, none of this is your fault. And Dean looks confused and then plot interrupts this conversation. So we're going to have to finish it later. <laughs> so yeah. that's, when, that's when Linda <laughs> arrives. Um, so. She uh she she's shown up pretty she, she, with with a little bit of a uh, little bit of column A a little bit of column B here because she's like yeah well they found us because uh, I accidentally hired a witch and she ratted us out she says it very casually um, but also she opens up her trunk and she has fucking tied this demon up and trapped him in there with uh, a devil's trap so that's pretty dope the uh when she says like she, she tells sam like oh yeah here's all of kevin's notes on the demon bomb thanks she kind of holds this notebook out sam just snatches that bad boy from her <laughs> it's kind of yeah. mean oh yeah oh yeah uh so yeah she has this demon and, and trapped in her fucking trunk which is kind of dope uh and then uh Dean is so excited about this. Like you can tell he is just ready to get back in the torture chair. Oh yeah. Uh, this is, this is where Dean shines. Cause he's like, I don't have to feel guilty about, I mean, you should feel a little guilty about it, Dean cause human vessel and, and all that. But, um, you, know. <laughs> you should feel, you should feel somewhat guilty. There's a real person in there somewhere. A real person. Somewhere. Uh, we go back over to Crowley who was really t- starting to torture Kevin going so far as to cut his finger off, cuts his pinky finger off. Uh, yeah. which is which is bad news and it's Kevin dark. immediately caves and it's like yes I don't want you to cut any of my fingers yeah. off I will How am I supposed to game <laughs> I mean you don't need your pinky to game right Kevin does Why does Kevin He's need a PC pinky? gamer uh, do you need your pinky to, if you're a PC gamer I guess if you want to hit do that think, Do you think I know the answer to that question because I don't <laughs> I'm just I guess if you want to hit that A to strafe left is that what A does on WASD uh, Yeah I don't know so um, blood soaked Kevin starts reading to uh, to old Crow mm-hmm. and uh, Crowley wants to he wants some game changing shit from the from this tablet. He says Kevin's given him too many micro uh, readings. He needs some some big pictures, some macro readings from uh, from the tablet. Um, and this is where then we switch back to uh, the gang pulling up on the demon spot, the wet pipe factory where Crowley and everybody is held up. Because I just assumed they'd be in hell, but no, they're in just a wet pipe factory. Chris, I want to um, I want to correct you here real quick. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. This is an extremely dry pipe factory because I, I looked and I called this a wet pipe factory in my notes. But as as we explored it, there's there's no moisture on the ground anywhere. It's actually so a guess, very yeah. dry pipe factory. Just just a regular old dry pipe factory. <laughs> just your, your standard run of the mill dry pipe factory. It makes sense that you got to have both. You can't just have one or the other. Right. No, you're right. You're, you're right. <laughs> it's not like you could make a wet pipe dry or a dry pipe wet. Like, you have to... It's from the manufacturer. It's also a process. different inflection. It's a dry pipe factory. Not exactly. a um, yeah, wet yeah. pipe factory and then dry pipe factory. It's, it's different. It um, is a little different, yeah. They uh, Sam immediately handcuffs Linda to the steering wheel. Yeah, Sam Sam drove with her so that Dean and Cass could have some long time in the Impala. <laughs> and he handcuffs her to the steering wheel. He's like, hey, you did a great job. I don't know if he said that. I'm just saying that. Um, but, like, you can't. You can't come in. <laughs> They're going to use you uh, against Kevin, so just stay in the car. Dean opens up the Um, trunk and asks, like, is this the place? And then the demon says, this is the dry pipe factory you've been looking for. And then Dean just stabs him directly in the heart and kills him inside the Impala, which is really funny to me. Good stuff. Gotta get that blood in there somehow. 
Um, Sam's like, I'll drink it up later. Don't worry about it. We're going to be switching back and forth a lot. So we go back over to Kevin, who is telling uh, Crowley, like, hey, like, oh, yeah, this actually does say how to uh, to, to make a bunch of defensive weapons against demons, uh, which we've obviously learned already, and also how to close the gates of hell. So Crowley actually officially knows that now, which is, yeah. which is interesting. Crowley's like, what was God thinking? Like, humans can't be running around with this shit <laughs> seriously uh kevin also finds a personal note from the person that's transcribing the word of god into the sta- to mm-hmm. the tablet a person who calls themselves metatron and who yeah. essentially says like now that this these have been finished uh i'm going to take my leave for, for my lord and master uh mm-hmm. so something named something or somebody named metatron presumably an angel has has written all this down and is now quitting after that like okay i'm done i have written the word word of god onto this tablet now i get to take a vacay yeah uh, and then we cut back to the boys. They're sneaking in. There's a ponytail demon. Dean takes him down. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Sam sneaking off. At first, I thought he spotted the prisoners, but he spots the demons. And then he sort of just, like, walks out in front of them. Uh, and when they all <laughs> have... you got me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Sam <Wow>. Winchester. <laughs> Didn't see this one coming. LOL. As he's whispering the exorcism into his cell phone. Um, and then he, he tosses the demon, the one and only demon wall that they did manage to make. Uh, he tosses it at them, and this thing's, like, pretty serious. It just vaporizes them. There's, like, this big, like, blue-white light, I think, if I'm remembering it correctly. It was it like, a, some like, a, like a thing of fire, like a ring of oh, fire that's what it projects was. from it. Um, and it p- pushes them against the wall and leaves, like, that cool, like, shadow thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's... Uh, this thing looked expensive, so like that's the reason that we're not going to have any of these. Like, this seems like it'd be like a fifty thousand dollars <laughs> shot every time. Uh, but didn't you expect this to be a double brother bluff when Sam just ran out? Like, I expected to see yeah. the demons run up and then Dean from on high drop this down below. Like, I knew the demon grenade was coming out because it was like you know Chekhov's demon grenade. But mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of wanted to see, goes, yeah. <laughs> kind of wanted to see the the double brother bluff here. If you put a demon grenade on the table, it has to go it off. It has to come that's up in the third act. That's the, that's the first, yeah. first rule of writing. Jeez, come, um, on, come on. This seems like basic stuff. Yeah. Um, but then what do we see? Uh, so we go to Dean and Castiel. Um, yes. They are getting closer to uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Kevin. <laughs> okay. And then uh, yeah, Cass, Cass kills a demon. <laughs> Yes. And Dean gets just absolutely hauled into just some dangling chains. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's like, we literally see him, like, detangling himself from these chains. Um, Cass, who, who vaporized this demon, is like, Dean says, you're not all the way back, are you? Because as although Castiel was able to kill him, uh, he's clearly weakened by it. Yes. Um this is where the compendium of tablets thing comes up yeah, with Kevin. Yeah, Kevin reads off this compendium, and all of a sudden, you know, now we realize that there's not just a demon tablet and a Leviathan tablet. There's a whole series of tablets, presumably on mm-hmm. uh, Wendigos, on Strigas, on <laughs> just assuming, yeah. right? Like, that's God just had to dictate all of this stuff out. Yep. If only he had a better way to give us this information and to write it on a demon tablet that only yeah. one person in the world can translate. There's a whole tablet about Sam's ex-girlfriends. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Um, so Dean, they're at the door now, but Dean can't pick the lock for the first time ever. So, so Castiel just warps into the room. Um, and now him and Crowley can have their big bad showdown. Did we mention both, that, uh, like, Sam found the, the, the kidnapped people? Yeah, he kicked in a door and found, and found so, the, so the Sam, Sam's, Sam's on crowd control. Like he's not important yeah. for the rest of the episode, essentially. Um, <laughs> so Castiel and Crowley flash those demon or not demon, uh, angel swords, angel blades, whatever they call them. Um, Having having their big showdown, and is this where um, 
Crowley says, you look like hell and I should know. And then suddenly Castiel's eyes start to glow and we basically get his whole like season four introduction thing where he has like the angel aura around him and the wings behind him. Uh, they just like go all out with being like, yo, remember Castiel's a fucking angel. Um, and just as he's powering up cat, I think Crowley realizes, oh shit, this is some big dick energy right now. I've got to be careful. Um, and Castiel accidentally smashes the tablet in half. I can't believe you said big dick energy on this podcast. It took it took a while, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I like this. I like this back and forth because Crowley is rightfully assuming that Castiel doesn't is, hasn't returned to his full mojo yet, and so Castiel like gathers all of this power around him. We see the the wings in, in shadow kind of along the back wall, and as lightning starts going everywhere, very much like the season four intro, like you mentioned, and and Crowley for just a glint for just a minute, it's like you're bluffing. And you know because he's an angel of the Lord, like he can smite demons. That's what that's yeah. what he does. Even even the king of demons, he can still smite him. Um, and at the very last minute, Crowley lunges for the tablet at, at the same time that Castiel does, and they both kind of end up breaking it in half. I think so. Castiel has half, and uh, Dean has the excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Crowley has the other half, yeah. um, which I guess is better than nothing. Um, so yeah, he takes the other half, and then that that's it. Yeah. Then now we're Sam, in wrap up mode. Sam calls Garth. Um, he's going to have Garth keep an eye on Kevin and his mom. It's just a place to stash them. Um, Presumably Garth the- is living in Bobby's house that he has rebuilt. I just, uh, that's right. <laughs> well, Bobby's house got burnt down. He, re- he had to rebuild it. Took him a long time. Took him a couple it. of he's seasons because there's so many rooms upstairs. He's got the landscapers over there right now. Um, but yeah, you know so they're, they're all- do you know how long it takes to find 150 junk cars to just line into a maze? It's not in front of easy. Your- <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a whole year's worth of collecting junk cars. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so Kevin is now like firmly like, I'm I'm here to help. I'm going to seal these bastards up. They cut off my finger. Um, Sam says Castiel can probably fix that finger for you. Um, yeah, Sam says uh, we don't have the budget to make your finger look cut off for the rest of the season. So yeah. Castiel's going to fix it for you. <laughs> Uh, and now we get our big our big moment with with Dean and Castiel, where Castiel tells Dean like, "Hey, dude, that's not how he talks. You know that. Hey, dude, uh, not everything is your fault. Not everything is your responsibility. Sometimes shit just happens." And then he tells Dean, "Hey, buddy, you're again doesn't talk like that." Uh, he tells Dean that he's remembering this whole, the the purgatory escape wrong. Um, Dean says, "I don't need to feel like hell for failing you." Uh, for failing you like every other godforsaken thing I care about. Um, oh, Dean, buddy, Dean, Dean, let me Dean. give you a hug, Dean. This is this is my good. This is my good Dean, where he's not angry at people, but like he's just a lot of self hatred. Not that I want Dean to hate himself, but it works, you know. <laughs> it works sure. for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Castiel shows him the flashback. We see the escape from Purgatory happening, and we see Castiel letting go of Dean's hand on purpose and telling him to go on without him. Uh, and then Cast- we come back to the present, and Castiel says, uh, "I was. It wasn't that I was weak. I was stronger than you. You couldn't save me because I didn't want to be saved." Um, he thinks Castiel thinks that he deserved to stay in purgatory after everything he did. This was his penance. This was his punishment, and he had to he had to serve his term. Um, and then very clearly says that Dean uh, can't save everyone, no matter how hard he tries. Yeah, uh, which is is something that's at the core of Dean's whole drive to be who he is is to try to save everyone we've seen this again and again all the way back from season one and two like this this has been he's always wanted to save the people and hunt the Mm -hmm. things and that's gotten more and more complicated and he's had to sacrifice more and more of himself to be able to do that uh to the point now where he's kind of just a guilt-ridden ptsd 
weirdo right now like i hate to say mm-hmm. that about dean but he, he really is like he's not communicating very well with his brother he's completely shake family about this whole uh <laughs> the castiel showing up in his mm-hmm. bathroom even though he's not willing to deal with it yet like he hasn't really come to terms with how to talk to castiel and right. then everything else that's going on with the the demon tablet the opportunity to shut the gates of hell like it's just he's not in a really good place at all and it's because he keeps trying to save literally everybody mm-hmm. and obviously as always jensen sells this like throughout oh, yeah. all of this like in the last couple episodes we've had gripes but it's just as like jensen has been able to still sell everything better than the writing ever can um which is i don't mean to be dunking on the writers like that i just mean jensen's really good at being dean yeah same um so Sam comes up and says, like, hey, mm-hmm. am I interrupting everything? He's like, no, 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 we're just getting something straight, uh, which is very funny to me on a lot of reasons. Very funny coming from <laughs> Seems you, Seems like Dean. you're getting some things by, if you know what I'm saying, Chris. That's, that's, that's another double lover bluff right there. Um, so I like this scene a lot. I think that they do a really cool thing here where we, like, they're just coming up to have, like, a casual conversation. Sam is just coming to, to fill them in. Um, mid-sentence, Castiel is zapped away. It's just showing his face in the next scene. The, the background is different, but his face is the same. Uh, I think it's a really cool shot. And then we kind of zoom out from his face and we see that he's now in an office, this like whitewashed office in heaven. And there's a woman sitting at a desk. She says that her name is Naomi. She's an angel. And she is the one who rescued him from purgatory or her and the angels pulled him from purgatory. At the cost um, of many lives is what she says. At the cost of is- many lives. So she's basically already pulling that guilt trip shit. I mean, you know, Castiel did the same thing to Dean in season four. Like he's that's true. This this is from the old angel playbook. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, she wants to know about Sam and Dean. Um, she wants Castiel to keep an eye on them. She tells Castiel that he is going from time to time check in and and fill her in on everything that's been going on, but he's not going to remember it at all. Um. The uh, the interesting thing um, when she tells him when she asks him you know tell me about Sam and Dean he just does like he tells him he tells her everything about Kevin where Kevin's going to be what they're trying to do what their plans are and then he catches himself he's like why am I saying this like I, he kind of feels compelled to tell her yeah. in some way that we don't really understand yet um, and then yeah like I'm gonna I want you to come in check in with me regularly you're never gonna remember it and um, he's like I will not do that and she just kind of smiles and then there's a you know basically a, a smash cut right back to where we were where him standing kind of in between Sam and Dean as they have this conversation and picks up right where they left off he doesn't he, doesn't even have a memory that he went anywhere um, yeah he's like a little bit dazed but then it's like yeah no it's fine no no big deal um and then he just they say like you with us cast and he, he says yeah i'm with you and that's pretty much the episode and uh and like yeah. i said chris at the beginning i man i've really this is this feels like supernatural at its at its at its core to me um Absolutely. We, have, we have some brothers that are we have some drama but it's not angry shout at each other drama uh mm-hmm. castiel is back with all of his uh question mark heart question mark heart with dean um <laughs> all of this stuff with kevin and his mom like the the comedy bits are played really well they're really funny crowley seems more terrifying than ever like crowley kind of becoming the the big bad of, of season eight i think is really fun and exciting like it's i like this dude a whole lot like i like mark shepherd a whole lot and him as crowley really fucking works and he's yeah. never more scarier to me than he is and, and has been right now in season eight and especially since he's they're still managing to make crowley so funny 
uh, when he says like a compendium to Kevin and then Kevin just starts defining it. He's like, no, I know what the word means. I just want to know what, what do you mean by that? Like it's so many great little things. Like when he exasperatedly says, sir, to the dude and then kills him two seconds later, like it's scary, but he's still funny. And like, man, this is a good episode. This is a great episode. I, uh, this, the Dean's relationship with purgatory and his, his whole mental, situation right now is so fascinating to me because they've they have they've built this dude up to be the you know the the typical red blood american badass um to deal with his problems in the typical red blood american badass way which is to say not yeah. deal with the emotional side of anything and uh, seeing that actually kind of brought out and stress tested a little bit is really interesting to me like i hope they continue down that path and we get a lot more of dean emotion um and not too not like i think there's some stuff that's happening with sam too that i just unfortunately doesn't hold up to i was in i was in the perg for a year like right. <laughs> it's just not as interesting that's like, like it, sam took the role that i want him to take like i've said it a million times he's my favorite character but i don't need it to be about him i've complained about the show focusing on dean but i think i complain about that because i feel like when they're doing that sometimes they're misrepresenting sam Mm -hmm. Where here i don't need him to be in the spotlight i need him to kick in a door and and save some people while important stuff happens elsewhere and i need him to be a shoulder for dean to lean on and they haven't really been doing that with him they've just been creating this this strife between them and i hate it um i can't say that it's all bad writing that they're like not getting along but i just i just don't like it <laughs> i wish that they weren't i'm fine with sam taking a back seat as long as he's um represented the right way well i guess that's i shouldn't be the one who determines whether or not sam's being re- <laughs> represented the right way but it's just i i liked his role in this it was a minor role but i still it felt like sam to me yeah absolutely and it's supportive sam and competent sam are, are some of my are two of my favorite sam so they go they go well hand in hand like and he's very competent very capable and he's doing the thing that they kind of typically have him do when dean is doing quote-unquote important plot stuff which is going around and actually saving the people uh, we've, mm-hmm. we've seen this a couple of times in a few episodes where sam is the one responsible for going to explode the um what was it the swine flu virus thing Factory, whatever yeah, yeah with with bobby we've seen him yeah. have to save people that uh that you know oh all of these people are still innocent so we still have to go grab them and get them out of here that kind of stuff uh so, i'm yeah. fine with it i'm Me fine too. with that uh, it's really good i don't i don't need sam to be an emotional wreck turmoil like dean is right now like you, we can have those at different moments i think mm-hmm. definitely but I hope this can, this continues as like a trend or begins a trend of season eight being really good. I'm sure we'll still have a few that we don't love, but I, I definitely hope this is a start of the new tone of the show. We'll see. Because uh, I don't really remember. Me too. And I'm, I'm kind of in the same situation as you is I don't quite remember everything that happens. Um, I'll do just a quick preview. The next week, Castiel tells uh, Sam and Dean that he wants to become a hunter, just like them. So I'm sure that's not going to be. <laughs> I, think I vaguely remember that. <laughs> awkward at all. Um, I just, as much as, you know, Sam and Dean's relationship is probably the most important thing to me about this show, but it, it feels a lot better having Castiel back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. Uh, looking forward to next episode. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Monster of the Week. We especially thank all those people over at the Patreon, patreon.com slash Monster of the Week. If you want to join, I said at the top, but you get all kinds of cool benefits like joining our cool Discord server and um, exclusive podcast. So go check all of that stuff out. Um, and what else do we do here? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at GG Greer. Chris. I'm at Local Bones on Twitter. 
talk to the podcast at MOTWcast. All of those links are in the show notes. Uh, if you haven't lately, leave us an iTunes review. That'd be a very cool thing to do. That'd be awesome. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week with more Monster of the Week. Thanks. oil up my titty boy if you could have just said anything besides oil up my titty at that point <laughs> i would have i would really appreciate you not saying oil up my titty on this podcast uh, uh, i got a wounded titty what do you want me to say uh just anything but just maybe not talk about your titty so damn much it stings man i looked up the symptoms of uh a reaction and i don't have any of them so it's just the bite or the sting whatever it's not a uh, not allergic so that's not a, it's not fatal is what you're about to say i don't think so it shouldn't be god trust no one though right like i'm just sitting here having a podcast suddenly i'm struck down from the nipple bees <laughs> this is this is the importance of wearing uh metal nipple protectors at all times whether this you're is why i wear bulletproof vest yeah, when i'm I mean, at home you just because you never know when a bee is gonna just come up and attack you on a nipple well there okay all righty here we go let's get into the old discord application where are we at where where do we record podcast we do it in one of these channels and i'm gonna get to the bottom of the podcast there we go new mentions who who darest to mention me in my own discord server um okay so here's the deal jeremy um i'm gonna eat these crackers right now and i guess since i'm recording it's just gonna be part part of my audio uh, I'll do my best to uh, make it interesting, but no promises. Let's go ahead and crack into this first one. <clears throat> now, just so just so you're aware, I'm eating a uh, a Belvita. Uh, oh, hey, what's up? What's up? I was just about to start describing the kind of cookie, or I'm sorry, cracker. I guess it's it's a it's almost a biscuit that I'm eating. Um, but British, you're here, and so in the, I don't have to. Biscuit in the English term or in the uh, American term? I I I think in in the British term. I think because that's that's just like a cookie, right? Like it's, there's no special thing that makes a biscuit a biscuit over there. Yeah, well, this is a cinnamon brown sugar um, breakfast bar type situation. Okay. It says yes. Yeah, this four breakfast. Jesus, four breakfast biscuits. There we go. Weird. Is that, is, that, just closed. is that dinner tonight? I'm gonna eat after because I I didn't I couldn't decide on anything and I just thought yeah let's have some crackers didn't want to uh, biscuits excuse me didn't want to slam any nugs on your on your way home <laughs> I didn't want to slam any nugs no <laughs> just too hot I'm like already sweaty I've had the door closed for like a minute and a half yeah it's um my house is positioned so that the intake of our central air is at the end of a hallway. And mm. because we have dogs that shed everywhere, usually we keep doors closed so they can't get in inside the various rooms. And uh, it's 
if all the doors are closed, that means that it can only suck in air from like this thin ass hallway in the attic. So it makes it like a good five or seven degrees hotter in our house. So we've started putting up gates Damn. and uh, started opening up doors to try to cool it down. But yeah, it's it's very warm. It sounds like it. But luckily, the tropical storm is, is going to miss us. I'm pretty excited about that. That's good. Yeah. If with any luck, we'll have uh, just enough rain that the the parish and the city governments will get paranoid and shut everything down. So we'll just have a couple of free days home with a bunch of rain, uh, but no actual damage or flooding or anything like that. So that's the best of both worlds. <laughs> Chris, you're you're texting me right now. <laughs> I know. Testing your secret. <laughs> It was very weird. I just like looked over and like it was weird. It made me uncomfortable. It um, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. You think she's? Does she want to be on the podcast? I think that. I think. She, I, I think she's been catching up. <laughs> it's supernatural. Is 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 your grandma Jay? From our from our, yeah. Is that what's happening? <laughs> it's the big reveal. <laughs> the Discord messages are coming from inside the house. Yeah. I didn't run a rose so far yet because I feel like I put too much pressure on myself to make them funny now. Oh yeah, that's a bummer. Um, because I don't, I can't keep harping on Brick Holmes. <laughs> it's only funny so many times, you know. Oh, uh, oh man, there was some line when we were watching. Uh, um, we were watching the show Billions, uh, which was just we turned that it just turned into like our bench show this weekend. We just we watched mm-hmm. like a season and a half worth. Um. I can't remember what the situation was, but she, but Autumn said, uh, man, that character just adores so-and-so. It's so weird. And I was like, yeah, just like Sam with Brick. And she looked at me and she <laughs> just started laughing. The Brick jokes just get funnier every time. Let's see. What, kind of, what happened last episode? Was that the Garth one? I think so, yeah. I was actually going to look that up because I didn't, I didn't really remember it. Hmm. Let's see. I don't even have my notes up, Chris. Mine were just still up from yesterday. Oh, Oh, man. I can't believe how much I'm sweating right now. I can't believe how much you're sweating and eating. Sorry. That's okay. I don't know how I do. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so 89 was Southern Comfort. Yeah, this was the, this was, this was Garth. Did they hunt? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> uh, shit, what were they hunting? Uh, Chris, you and I are very bad at this podcast. Jesus. <laughs> I don't think I have. Oh no! It any was the. Idea. Uh, it was the. It wasn't the ghost, but it was a. Uh, not a shade, but it was like the vengeful spirit. Yeah, it was like they had a word for it though, because it was uh, it was the bl- brother against brother or whatever, and they were taking... it was like a specter or something. Specter, yeah. There you go. Okay, all right. I think I got it. You, you gonna spend some time writing stuff down? Yeah, let's see. Tropical storm turned into Hurricane Gordon. Oh no, it's still Tropical Storm Gordon. You know Gordon B. Lurkin. You know Gordon B. Lurkin. I put all the crackers in my mouth at once. Just I could tell, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was dragging out too long. 
I played, I, well, I texted you, I, I lamented to you that I started playing Yakuza 2, and things were going great, and then I, 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 th- I first I thought I lost the save, and I'm, I guess I just didn't save, like a goddamn noob, because that game doesn't auto-save a lot. Yeah, um, that's, that's exactly how I got fucked on Zero. Like, mm-hmm. I went through a bunch of tutorial bullshit and was like, okay, I gotta go, and then just, like, put the, uh, turn the PlayStation off or something, or switch to a different game or something, and just didn't save, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? I, um, I played for probably, like, four hours off and on on Saturday. I had a good old-fashioned gamer day. And I did so many side quests and like was having a great time, posting screenshots, whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a bunch of the screenshots. Hella funny, fun fun stuff. And and then I um I did the rebuild for my um my system on mm-hmm. PS4 to like you know make everything run faster, which worked. It worked great. But obviously I restarted the system in that process. And when I went back into Yakuza, it was um not where I had left it. And it just, like, it hit me with that crushing, like, oh, fuck, I can't play this game now because I can't cause myself to, or can't make myself go through and, and replay all that stuff again. Uh, I did it very slowly, and I just skipped all the cutscenes and just ran through stuff, and I, I didn't do some of the, the side quests again, so I'm hoping that I'll run into them at some point. But I have I did manage to get past it, so uh, the game is uh, is back on, as they say. Word. That's not, that's not a thing they say. All right, let me write this road so far. Okay, hold on. My dad told me that he's still hanging on to the last two episodes of season 13 of Supernatural. <laughs> he hasn't watched them yet. He's just sitting on them. He's just waiting, waiting for the perfect. Like, what are you like? I was like, season 14 is about to start. He was like, I know I'm saving them for, for when the new episode comes out. Oh, I All thought right. he might be saving them to watch with his son. Like no, a little father daughter. Like, you'll be waiting son. a couple of years, pops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now that I've wasted a lot of your time, you want to do this? Thing? <laughs> yeah, we can. We can just get into it. <clears throat> I forgot that you were in a uh, wham bam, thank you, ma'am kind of kind of mood around days. Whoa, hey, hey! It's just because it's warm. When it cools off, you know, I'm gonna be chilling out. I'm gonna be like a new boy. Oh well, let's just hold off. We get, we have plenty of time then. I don't want to. I don't want you just. I don't, I don't want you dying from the heat exhaustion on a podcast. I mean, that would make good numbers, but I don't want you to do it that. It would definitely make huge numbers. The book I'm reading right now, this author was just murdered in the style of a character from one of his books, and it was huge pub for the dude. We could use that kind of pub. You uh, Are you reading The uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Is that what's happening? I'm reading um, J.K. Rowling's uh, mystery novels, the Cormoran Strike oh, novels. Yeah, yeah. If it doesn't have my boy Potter in it, then I'm not... Um, gonna read it i was gonna try to make not, a rhyme there but yeah. not there for it not there for it um yeah they're good they're, I, i'm on the second one now it's fun um i like i guess i like mysteries i haven't really read too many since like college so it's a fun little journey down that genre autumn has been on a big uh mystery thriller kick um i think i told you last week that's what got us onto that like spy shit that we were yeah, yeah 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 and she's been doing nothing but reading more of that so it's fun to just be, like, thoroughly entertained reading something like that. Yeah. As much as I obviously love fantasy, I think that's probably my number one genre. Um, it can it can be dull. Like, I love world building and stuff like that, but when I'm sitting through 45 pages of George R. R. Martin describing table settings, you know, uh, the effect it has on me later is always um, long-lasting. And uh, But in the moment, it's just like, okay, all right. Gotta just get through this. When's the next chapter start? Okay, we'll keep going. Um, but when you're reading something like a mystery or a thriller, there's always something t- 
tantalizing to kind of keep you going. Yeah, fantasy novel novelists, I think, have a tendency to really, really want to do that world building to the point where, like, every other chapter, someone's tugging on a braid or eating eel lamprey pie or, or whatever. Yeah. It's, just, it's really exhausting. Um, and it's yeah. it's some of the, like, the Game of Thrones stuff, especially, like, the TV show made me appreciate that, like, with, with the, um, the house sigils and everything. Like, it made me appreciate that more when I went back and read the books. Uh, but I can't imagine actually sifting through that nowadays. Like, I think I would just skim the hell out of uh, any time that he starts describing oh, yeah. the, the house colors or whatever. I'm just going to flip, 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 flip. Who's got the time? That's the thing I'm trying to do right now with, with the story I'm writing. It's like I'm making myself obsessed with it, which I it's probably annoying for everybody around me, but it's good for my brain because I think about it a lot and that helps me to write a lot. Um but each time, like, I'm just trying to write the next scene. I go from scene to scene. Like, I had a general outline. I'm, I'm straying from it a little bit. And I think I've just sort of surpassed where my initial, like, structure was. Mm-hmm. Um, so now every time I add something new, not every time, but when I have a little piece of, of world building or lore, I will go back somewhere else, see if there's a conversation or somewhere that, like, a little tidbit of that might fit. So, like, if I'm going to talk about, I don't know, fucking vampires, there's no vampires in the story, but if I was going to talk about vampires and somebody goes on this long diatribe about how, you know, he spent a week hunting them last summer, uh, then I will go back at a certain point and in somebody else's conversation mention offhandedly something about a vampire. I'm just trying to make it so that it's already there and that way when new things pop up and you're going to get hit with an explanation about it it's already maybe in your head um you don't want to you don't want to get the adam winchester thing happening of like right. oh hey look right. something that's right. never been alluded to ever before <laughs> look at this yeah. it's a guy he's 18 and kind of pretty <laughs> like yeah i just decided like okay the place where the characters live where they stay is in this little tower this little stone tower this little shithole um and I just started getting in my head the idea that there is a ghost in this tower, and I don't know how I'm going to like deal with the ghost in any way, shape, or form. I know what the what plot point it's going to like serve, and then I know that I'm going to write another summoning ritual, like the demon one that I was telling you about, because mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of fun to do. Um, and you know, supernatural. I'm just stealing all my ideas from it. But um, so I'm now like, okay, well, I've decided I'm going to add this thing. So now I'm going to go back and I'm going to have them hear, you know, thumps or something like that. Like they're aware of the ghost, but I need to make the reader vaguely aware of it so that it's not just like, hey, we're 95 pages in. Did you know our house is on it? And that we've been here this whole time and haven't mentioned it? Because that's, that's, really that's no good, you know? When so you say that guess, um, uh, people are annoyed with you because you're getting so obsessed with it, like, I know you're, because you, you talked with me about it, I'm sure you talked to Jess, like, are you sending texts to all of your friends being like, I'm writing this story and like this and this and this is happening? Like, is that? <clears throat> well, I, so I talked to Jess about it. I talked to you about it. I've talked to our Discord about it. I talk on Twitter about it. And I talked to Steve when I'm driving home with him. I talked to him about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Fair enough. I was just curious. Yeah, I just, um, whatever. I just roll with it. Whatever, man. Whatever. Whatever, man. Let's do this freaking podcast, man. Whatever. Yeah. Sees another female and is like, oh, wow, I'm in love. (laughs) Wow, you're not my mom. It's amazing how that works out, huh? Yeah. Um, I feel like I just got bit by something. What the freak was that? Oh, fuck. I did just get bit by something. And this is how Chris shuffles off his motor coal, oh, everybody. Fuck. All right, give me a second, all right? You good?
Right on the goddamn nipple. Did he just say nipple? <laughs> Is that what I just heard? I was looking at the internet waiting for him to come back, but I think he just said he got bit on the nipple. <laughs> Sorry. You there? Yeah. Well, we, did you say that something bit you on the nipple? Yeah. I, I thought something pinched me and I thought, no, it must have just been like my shirt or something. But then I looked down and a spider was just crawling off of my shirt. And now I have a bite on my fucking nipple. Man, I hope that wasn't there like There it a- is. What the fuck is that? Oh, this motherfucker's gonna die now. <laughs> Time to identify what you are, you piece of shit. It stinks. Did I kill it? Let's see. I hope it's not like a brown recluse, man. I don't think it is. Because it doesn't... It looks like it's black. I'm hoping it's just like a fucking weird big ant or something. It's very hard to see. Where did that thing go? Did it scurry off again? Sorry if I'm very far away from the mic. You're good. What is it? What an odd distraction. <laughs> Where the fuck did it go? I just hope it's, yeah, it's not, like, serious. What the fuck? Sorry, just give me a minute. No, you're good. Take, take care of your nibble, man. I'm good. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's, like, it's just a little red dot. It doesn't look super bad or anything, but I certainly hope it's not anything bad. I don't want to have to go to the doctor and be like, hi, I was bit on the nipple by a creature. I mean, that's literally what a doctor is for, though. I don't think you have, that's not embarrassing at all. True. Like, if you were like, I have a, you know, a spider bit me on the inside of my anal cavity, that would probably okay, be something right. a, a little bit okay. more embarrassing, you know what I'm saying? It was a bee. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. I found the corpse. It was a bee. A bee stuck you on the nipple. How the fuck did a bee get in? Maybe it did it through my shirt. Are you allergic? It landed on my chest and done it through my shirt. No, I'm not allergic to bees, thankfully. This would be a real good time to find out, huh? Yeah. I've been stung by bees before. What the fuck? (laughs) I'm just, you know, I thought I saw something earlier. Out of the corner of my eye. And I just sort of ignored it. Hmm. All right, well, now that I know it was a bee, my nipple can rest in peace. And then I can get back to recording in just a second. Like I said, dude, just just take your time, man. I'm not, I'm not in any rush over here. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, it looks like a old bee. I don't know why I thought it was a spider. Probably because it was crawling. Probably because I was in panic mode because my nipple was suddenly a flame. Yeah, that, that's enough to send anybody into panic mode, my man. Oh, all right, all right. Normally, I don't like to kill bugs. I like to just set them free, like a psycho. Nothing like a health, healthy bee-killing interlude during the podcast to really spice things up. <laughs> right on the nipple. <laughs> Gonna definitely, right on the nipple. Gonna send that one over to Jake and see if he can do anything for me over there. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm putting a very large, very cold ice pack on my um my nipple. I'm good. These things are gonna be like fucking glass in a minute. Chris, you better stop it. I'm getting excited over here. Whew. 
Hold on, I gotta, I gotta send a good tweet about that. Well, boy, I hope your, uh, I hope your nipple comes out okay in this. Hey, thanks so much. I mean, part of the appeal of this podcast <laughs> was a lot of nipple play, and now here we are. We're down one nipple. We only have, we only have three left. There's only three nipples left. It's not. It's that's not that's not a whole podcast that's, i'm just gonna come out and say it's not. It. you need you need at least five white guys and at least four nipples that's the rules that's right that's right Goddamn nipple.